a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. That's exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm excited for you to meet them. So um, so a good friend of mine and a former MANA guest, uh, Joe Swanholm from season two, um, gave me a cool uh, daily devotional book uh, a while back uh, called Jesus Calling. And um, I thought I had just stumbled upon the most you know, like novel, you know, uh, piece of literature, and evidently that's kind of a thing. <laughs> so it's very popular. Uh, so those that don't have a copy yet, rush out. You know, they're everywhere, and they're fantastic. Um, and this morning's reflection is going to serve as the introduction to today's guest. Um, not that I couldn't have come up with some of my own material um, for the course of of time that I've known uh, today's guest. I got pl- I plenty of my own stuff to say, but um, but but when I read this morning's uh, reflection, it was a true and appropriate. Um, it was like a Holy Spirit moment. It was like God tapping me on the shoulder, just saying, "You know, dude, I got this one. Just just read this." And so I'm going to read it to you. Um, and 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 it goes something <laughs> not not something like this. This is what it said. It said, "Learn to look steadily at me." in all your moments and in all your circumstances. Though the world is unstable and in flux, you can experience continuity through your uninterrupted awareness of my presence. Fix your gaze on what is unseen, even as the visible world parades before your eyes. Oh, it was so good. I, you know, and I read this in the morning before I go to work and I, it literally stopped me in my tracks and I thought, oh, this is just going to be the perfect way to introduce today's guest who has spent a career um, and, and, and a life, uh, I think we're going to find out here, helping people untangle, helping people, helping businesses untangle the most complex just kind of issues and operations and probably emotions and just all these things that paralyze the rest of us that are so noisy, the, the parade of of, uh, of the, you know, of the, before our eyes. And our guest today is just so gifted and blessed in being able to help people untangle all those things in such a calm and steady manner. His reassuring influence is equally exacted upon people he's just met. Um, I've not, I've not known our guest, uh, my, a, a really long time, but long enough to have experienced this gift. And I know he, also shares that gift with people that he's known for much longer. He's a devoted husband, father, uh, an avid biker, an occasional voiceover talent uh, that that I've uh, had the pleasure of working with on that front, and someone who um, who I've had who I did have the good fortune to cross paths paths with uh, with uh, almost six years ago, um, but who will be in my path for the next sixty if I have anything to do about it. So please welcome today's man up man, Mr. Jim. Ornell. Hi, Jim. Well, hello, Jeff. That uh, is a very, very kind uh, introduction. Thank you so much. Well, it is just awesome to have you. Um, it's awesome to have you on MANA. And, um, you know, I, I actually kind of want to start. We're going we're, we're to have plenty of time to, to talk about 
about faith and, and which is such a, a, a deep part of your life. But I kind of want to start uh, kind of where I was talking about in the intro with uh, actually I kind of want to start on more of the secular side. So, you know, we, we met, you know, in a, in more of a business context and I saw this, this steadiness, this calm, almost like, almost like a surgical sort of approach to helping uh, from an operational standpoint, helping really uh, sort of dissect and identify better ways of working, which I know sounds totally boring for people who are listening to Mana. You're like, what? this isn't why I'm listening. <laughs> but the connection I'm making here is, is to, you know, is, is, is to that disposition that is, it's a gift. It's, it's a charism. It's been something that you are differentially um, better at than, than almost anybody I know. And, 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 and I want to know when you realized that you had it, you know, that you had, you had this blessing of being able to be sort of this calming sort of influence, but not a calming. I think sometimes when, when we say people are really like chill and, you know, laid back and they just, it, it, it's more of a, almost like a laissez-faire, like they're able to just say, Hey, don't worry about it. And that's not you. I mean, you're a very serious, uh, on purpose person, but, but yet you're able to get a lot of stuff done. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you are, um, but do it in a way that is, that again, is so steady in this sort of, uh, you know, parade of craziness. So just when did that, when did you realize that you had that? You know, Jeff, it's a, it's not a simple, simple answer in, in, in the sense that I, I would say, that, you know, at this point, I all of a sudden realized it. Uh, I think it's something that over time, uh, others recognize and begin to, to, to share that with me. Uh, I do know that it, it's a gift uh, that God has, has blessed me with. Uh, I also know that I've not just harnessed that gift, but I've honed it through, uh, through training and through uh, experience, through education. Uh, and then I've also cultivated it through allowing God's spirit to uh, make a difference in my interactions with others. So, uh, so that the fruit of the spirit becomes evident uh, and surrounds the giftedness and the knowledge that I have. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, when I say giftedness, I, I'm by nature a problem solver. I'm by nature uh, a designer. You know, I'll, I'll think through all the inputs that are going on. I'll assess what's happening I'll understand the, the current environment from a number of different perspectives. And I'll seek first to understand what's going on. I'm not going to go in and try to, try to figure out the answer without understanding what is happening or what pain and what challenges are being experienced. Uh, and then what is it that we want it to look like? And you can draw a picture of the problem and you can draw a picture of the desired state and bring some clarity to this because people are operating and running a hundred miles an hour and they not really pause to say what is happening and what could be done better. And in the process of doing that, it may sound so simple, uh, but it just requires spending a few moments 
could be uh, hours, could be days, uh, but investing some time to really say, I need to figure this out and mm-hmm. surrounding yourselves with, with people that can begin to help you understand what's going on. And yeah. that's, uh, you know, that, that's, that's why I say it's not just a simple thing, but in the process of doing it, it, it may seem simple. Yeah. And, and the connections then, you know, some of the corollaries, I think, to, to faith, you know, um, and I'm wondering if you've made these or or I'm I'm sure you've observed them or just been uh, aided by them with that same kind of focus that you're able to, you know, kind of generate in a, in a more kind of business or secular context. You know, I, I would imagine that that same sort of um, ability to just calm, you know, calm yourself, focus, you know, um, almost cut through all of the noise and all of the distraction and all of the just uh, hullabaloo, <laughs> you know, that, that, um, whether it's the day-to-day doings or just anxieties, all that junk, all that, all that head trash that kind of, you know, gets in the way of, of a really, sort of devoted focused time with with Jesus in prayer i would imagine that that you know that comes in that kind of discipline you just described comes in handy with things like your prayer life you know things like you know s- staying focused on really what is is important oh yeah yeah for sure i mean it's uh it's definitely it's definitely top of mind uh, you know, I think through, uh, you know, the, the, the idea is that you have to make time for the maker of time. You, you know, you have mm-hmm. to really start to, to say, okay, uh, if Jesus is God and he is Lord, he's the biggest, most supreme treasure you can imagine. And so few give any time. Uh, to cultivating that relationship. And so uh, what is it that is required? How can you set aside and put a plan together to ensure that you are making time uh, for the maker of time? Mm-hmm. And that's different for every person. I mean, but it needs it needs a plan. It can't be just, I'll make time when it happens or I'll take the time if it ever happens. And it, it needs a concerted, planful approach in terms of a time, a place, uh, so that you can uh, cultivate that relationship yeah. and you can grow in your faith. And, you know, that, that, that does require a disciplined approach. Yeah. Did you grow up like that? Was that kind of when you were, think, way, way back to growing up in the Ornell household? Was that how your family approached faith or was this something that... Well, just what was it like growing up? Um, was was faith a big part of of your childhood? You know, it uh, it was. I mean, I I uh, my eyes were open to, to to Christ when I was ten years old. Uh, my mom uh, and dad had gone to a Billy Graham crusade, and uh, and through that experience, uh, they their hearts were were changed. They. they and, and they came home and 
introduced, you know, I'm one of five kids in the family, and they introduced us to, to Jesus. And we went and started going to a church, and I started my faith journey. I mean, my wow. life was transformed at that point. Uh, and when I trusted Christ and uh, received him as my Savior, you know, this is a journey. I mean, transformation takes a lifetime. But yeah. Uh, I am, I am a different person because Jesus lives within, and I am excited about not just the moments I spend today, uh, but every day. I mean, yeah. I was challenged back, uh, you know, probably in my early twenties when uh, I, I, you know, uh, Bev and I, my wife, were. We're working our way, you know, as a young couple and starting our families and just, you know, where do we spend our money? Where do we spend our time? And that whole idea, you know, we need to make time for the maker of time. You know, this is, it's even important if it's not. And, and so I started to really look at this and say, you know what, we've got 86,400 seconds every day. Uh, and it's different than money. I mean, you, if you put $86,400 in the bank every day or every year, it compounds, it grows, it accumulates, you know, wonderful. Yeah. Um, but that's not time. Time evaporates. You yeah. only have today. You only have the present. That's why they call it a present. You know, it's like you have a gift that you can enjoy. And if you aren't investing that gift to know Christ, to know God and to, and not only to know him, but to make him known, uh, you are missing out on a spectacular journey in, in life. And uh, that's, that's what excites me. I, uh, I remember Jeff, somebody telling me that, uh, Jim, if, if what you believe uh, and, and what Christians believe uh, is really true, uh, and and if, if only one-tenth of it were true, you should be 10 times more excited than you are. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, it hit me. It was like, there's so many people that are just, are just to your point, they're kind of laissez-faire. It's kind of like, oh, my faith is a part of my life, but it's not everything. And it's like, that that's not true. It's either everything or, boy, it, it, it's it's. Yeah. It borders on nothing. I mean, yeah. it's like we, we we are filled with the living God of the universe. We'll spend eternity with him. And it can't be just, I'll give him a little sidebar. I'll give him five minutes and I'll go and do what I really want. Uh, why do we want to spend eternity with somebody if we don't even want to enjoy being with him now? And yep. So yep. I'm, I'm probably getting further ahead of the questioning process. No, no, no. I love it. No. And what I love about it, Jim, is, and you're actually, you're making me, uh, you're making me uh, true to my word in my, in my intro, because even, even I love, this is exactly what I mean. You, you are such a, a um, um, divine, but, but logical um, uh, uh, witness. Okay. So even in, which is, there, like you said, like we haven't had anybody in the show who knows that there's eighty six thousand yada 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 seconds in a day, and so that. But that is what is so beautiful is that you take a very sort of logical approach to something to say, just like you, just like you would in diagnosing a problem. 
in business. Okay. You say, okay, well, this is our issue. This is the opportunity to fix the issue. And so once you rationally, you know, untangle everything, then it just becomes so obvious what the plan is. Yeah, and you know what I, you just described is exactly that. He's saying, "Okay, well, if this is the most important thing, and you only have this many seconds in a day, then, well, duh. It's just it's there's no other decision to make. You know? Yeah i I'm just gonna speak to what the spirit prompts in my head as we're talking, Jeff. So you know i I don't want to I don't want to go too far afield, but you know I'm reminded of in college when I went to Northwestern. University, uh, St. Paul. It was called Northwestern College in the day. And I got, a, you know, a double major, a major in Bible and a major in, in, in business, uh, finance and operations. And in that process, I was challenged with where do I want to invest my career? And it was, you want to be a full-time, in full-time ministry, uh, or do you want to go into the secular world? And that was kind of how it was depicted. And so I really wrestled with that. I really struggled. It's like, I I want to be in full-time ministry. And I remember the Holy Spirit just making it clear in my mind that, uh, Jim, you don't have to decide that question. Uh, you're a full-time Christian. That's that's mm. That's the reality. Uh, God lives within, and that's full-time. And as a full-time Christian, he may choose to use you and your giftedness and your abilities in this environment or that environment, and I will lead you and I will guide you in the path that you should go. And that's what I've done. And over the course of the next 40 years since graduating from college, I've, I've had the opportunity of working in multiple businesses and companies and agencies, built relationships with hundreds of people and impacted lots of, of businesses. But most importantly, I, I pray that I've impacted lots of lives and people are are closer to God as a result of interactions that we've had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guarantee they are. That is, I love that. And, and, um, and uh, and I'm struck um, by many things about what you just said, but one of them being, I didn't realize you, you majored in the Bible, dude. Okay, you're like a ringer here. <laughs> now it's all coming together. All of this stuff is just so wonderful. Um, but I, I I I agree, and and I think that is is God is using you. God is trying to use all of us uh, in in the way that He has designed, not His will, not our will, but His. And mm-hmm. I just, I think you have been such, you have been such a witness to that, and just that surrender to say, you know, even if you, th- even if you imagined yourself, you know, doing something else, maybe closer to the ministry or, or whatever, you are. I would, and and being the recipient, being on the receiving end of it. I mean, I remember Jim. You know, we. We have, I have a, a few indelible moments um, back when we used to walk the same halls together of just s- staying back in a conference room and just whether it was a great meeting, you know, and we're finding ourselves, you know, celebrating it and giving joy and thanks or a really tough meeting and just kind of still making that connection. And you were there and you are, you, you find ways to do it 
that um, <clears throat> it's it's a it's a it's a it's a testament to to you're doing what God wants you to do. Um, I want to I want to I want to talk a little bit. About, you you mentioned Bev, and you know even though even though our show is uh, uh, about men of faith and 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 the influence that that men can have on other men of faith, you know there are. Um, they're the, the one common denominator I would say of all the men that we've had on this show is that there is an even stronger woman <laughs> that has, that has walked with, with these men. And so talk a little bit about, about Bev in, in terms of how that relationship um, has, 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 I, I would imagine is kind of a softball question, Jim, but, but I, I would imagine it has, it has even amplified you know, the, what God put in your heart back at the age of 10, you know, then years later when you meet Bev, I, I, I have to imagine it's just, it's flowered e- even beyond your wildest imagination. It's a, it's a, it's a delight to chat about Bev. I, I mean, she is just a, an amazing blessing to me. And the neat thing is we, uh, we grew up three houses apart. Oh my gosh! So, so you knew when you were t- you knew her when you were ten. Yeah. So you know, Bev and I have known each other since we were just four. Um, my I have a twin sister, and my sister and Bev were best friends. And so I've I've known Bev since just uh, earliest earliest memories. And uh, now there wasn't a romantic. Uh, Side until I was, you know, a a fresh or a sophomore in college, and Bev was a a senior in high school, and those days were uh, those can be complicated because when you're just really good friends, to inch over the the line of friendship to more uh, romance is. Uh, you know, it's kind of the the, the things Hallmark movies are made of. <laughs> People struggle to to take and a risk and decide to 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 show that they are caring beyond just a friendship. And uh, but I'm glad I did. I was I was slow to the draw. You can ask Bev about that. Uh, <laughs> but we've been uh, we've been married for 39 years. Uh, we've got four wonderful, or three wonderful kids, and they've all they've all married, uh, and so I feel like we've got six kids now, and those six kids have uh, have multiplied uh, to have eleven grandkids. In fact, Jeff, we just had our eleventh grandchild on mm. Thanksgiving Day. So, oh my gosh! Congratulations! Yeah. I didn't even know. Oh, it's so wonderful. So wow. that's uh, that's where we're at. And when Bev and I got married, uh, we uh, we committed Psalms thirty four three as our life verse together, and it was one that we uh, we we basically share with one another every day, and, and it's one that just drives our marriage. And uh, the verse is, "Oh, magnify the Lord with me." You know, oh, magnify mm-hmm. the Lord with me, Bev. And let us exalt his name together. And that's been our heart's prayer. We want to, uh, we want to make much of, of, of Jesus, of God, and we want to exalt his name, uh, and we want to do it together. And so you'll often hear us talk about doing life together, uh, making a difference together, rowing together. It's everything we do is to 
together to invest in uh, our family, our friends, our neighbors, uh, to magnify uh, our supreme treasure, Jesus. And that's been our heartbeat for the past 39 years. I love that. I love that. Magnify the Lord with me. I love that. Oh, okay. Well, we could talk... uh... We could talk all uh, all day along here, um, but we are going to uh, segue to the um, the fun segment of the big show, where uh, I ask the same three questions of every guest, and they've had chance they've had a chance to uh, prepare some fantastic answers um, for these. And these are uh, now I'm a little self conscious, though, Jim. I didn't realize you were a Bible major, so these are a little these are a little <laughs> rudimentary. <laughs> I feel like I should have, I feel like I should have, you know unlock some more. Uh, some more uh, um, theology on you here, but uh, these will be these will be these will be kind of fun. All right, so fun segment question number one: If Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow and just wanted to hang out for the day, nothing big, just wanted to spend spend the day with you, how would you spend the day with him? A challenging question, Jeff. And I, uh, you know, here's here's the way I, I was I was thinking about. Uh, two thoughts left to mind when when I read the question, and I'm just going to share what what my thoughts are. Uh, nothing scripted, but just um, my uh, initial reaction was: I want to spend the day worshiping Jesus. I want to sit at His feet. I want to spend time thanking God for His amazing grace, for saving, for redeeming me for keeping his promises. He, 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 and his word tells us he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. We don't have to fear. We can turn our anxieties and our worries on him and he will supply all of our needs. And I would thank him for answering my prayers. I've seen evidence of that in, in my life and the years that he's, he's given me in, uh, on this planet. Uh, I, I'd spend time worshiping and adoring my Savior. Uh, I'd ask him lots of questions. I'd discover more about uh, God. Uh, so that that's the first track. That's the first thought that came to mind. I, you know, I, I'm going to worship my Savior. Uh, that's I, what else would I want to do? Uh, yeah. But the second yeah. thing, the second thing that I thought about is I want to bring him around. <laughs> it's like I, <laughs> I want I want to introduce Jesus to everyone I know. Uh, here's Jesus. He's my Lord and my Savior. Here's Jesus. See his nail pierced hands and his feet. Uh, here's Jesus. He's the one who's transformed my life. He's my Lord. He's my God. He is God. You know, you think of like this season we're in where where in John, we, you know, we, we hear that uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And 14 verses later, it talks about, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We're experiencing that during this Advent season. The, yeah. the Word of God, who is God, became flesh and dwelt among us. And I have a day to be with him. Well, what what a, what a joy that is! So, he's the one. Uh, as I would approach others, I, I basically be telling them, "He's the one I've been talking about. This, this, is, this is Jesus. <laughs> Here's the guy. Here, yeah, here right. he is. He yeah. is God. 
Uh, and there are a bunch of folks who rejoice with me and praise God together. And then, and then I thought there's some who would, who would share a quick hello and a nice to meet you and off to the next thing, you know, that busyness of life that, uh, yeah. that is, is calling. And, and then there are some friends that would question, uh, and this, this kind of makes me sad. It's like, why didn't I make much of Jesus before? I mean, I, I'm excited about bringing Jesus around now, but boy, you didn't really talk much about him when, when we were together. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like you, you seem to avoid Jesus. You know, why, 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 why are you bringing him up now? And, and that convicts me because it tells me, you know what? I, I haven't always listened to the promptings where Jim share somebody needs to hear. And, and that, uh, that convinced me to, to continue to press forward and, and make much of Jesus in the moments that I have and, and, and not be uh, backing down or shy. Uh, you need to be sensitive to where people are. But mm-hmm. uh, those were the thoughts that I had yeah, around what I, I love that. Yeah, I love that. And I love the humility. Uh, I love your humility, Jim, because, you know, you're right that none of us, none of us, um, for as important as Jesus is, you know, none of us talk about him as much as we should. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's infinite. I mean, you could you could literally talk about nothing other than right. than God. I mean, that is that is like you said at the at the outset that he is everything. He is all things and everything, the source and the summit. That's it. And so there's never really, technically speaking, there's never an excuse to to not talk about it and, and, and evangelize all the time about everything. And yet I would say, not to put you on the spot, but you know, it's my show, so I can do it, is I, I would say that you that even when you as a person are not overtly uh, evoking the name of Jesus or a teaching of Jesus or a story about how you, you know, whatever, went to church or did whatever in, in, in the name of Jesus. It is how, it is how you act. You, the light is in you, even when you're talking about some random, you know, operational six sigma blah 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 thing. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just it's the way you are. And so I think that goes also back to you know, that reflection that you had, you know, back in, in school where, you know, you didn't know what, how, how conspicuous of a, of a, of a vocational path to take, you are living it. You are, you are talking about Jesus, even when you're not talking about Jesus. So I have a feeling when you're, when you're shopping Jesus around on your day with them, (laughs) most people would be like, oh yeah, okay. Yep. I get it. Yep. That's, that's, that's where it's all coming from. So, Oh, that's great. All right. Fun second question. Number two, uh, if you could go to church with any other guy living or dead, uh, famous or not, you wouldn't even have to know this man. Uh, just the only qualification, it's gotta be a guy, uh, who would, uh, who would, who would you go to church with? I would, I would choose the apostle Paul Mm. and he wrote half the books of the New Testament. He was instrumental in planting and building the church for 30 years after his life-changing encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And so, you know, you think about who could you bring to church? Uh, here's, 
here's Paul, you know, and before he was transformed, he was Saul, uh, a brilliant lawyer, a Pharisee, a Jewish leader, uh, a Christ hater. He was, he was persecuting Christians. He, he would hunt them down and drag them into jail um, and, and, and some killed. Uh, and Jesus meets him on the road to Damascus and, and his life is transformed and he becomes a Christ follower. And God takes and begins to use Paul with all his gifts, all of his learning, all of his experiences, and begins to move him in a different path. Uh, and that path included planting churches beyond Israel, you know, going out into Asia Minor and going up into Turkey and going up into Greece and going over to Rome. How, how God, in his foresight and providence, said, it's this individual who I am going to use to move my message uh, from Jerusalem to the uttermost parts of the world. And so 2,000 years later, I'd like to bring Paul to church. You know, Mm -hmm. 2,000 years after planting many, many churches and impacting uh, the start of of this whole Christian faith, uh, and and inspiring people to trust Christ. I'd like him to participate in a in a worship service. I'd like to introduce him to my friends. I'd like him mm-hmm. to hear. Uh, I'd like to hear his thoughts on today's workshop, and I'd like to hear him encourage and challenge church, church leaders today. Uh, given the construct of what he had established, and have him see. What does this look like two thousand years later? I think it'd be just fascinating to yeah. To, yeah. to to get that perspective. Yeah. yeah, that that's the that's who I would choose. Yeah, it'd be great to uh, yeah, and be sitting next to him during the you know like the second reading, and it's and invariably it'd be something that he wrote, and to be able to go now, is that did you mean that? Is that what you meant? <laughs> did we get that right? <laughs> You know, exactly. Yeah. You know, just uh, just to just to uh, fact check it. That's great. All right. Last question. Fun subject. Question number three. Um, if you had one piece of advice, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna change this one a little bit. So I'm gonna, uh, not 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 a lot. Uh, the question is, uh, if you had one piece of advice you could give to a younger man about being comfortable in living his faith, what would it be? So that's the question. I'm gonna ask you though to so you answer that question, but then. Going back to how we started the show and how much you know, we've talked about, you know, your 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 blessing, your gift to be able to, you know, as our as our little Jesus calling passage said, to be able to fix your gaze. Okay, that's again, that's what I learned from you, Jim, is is your ability to just focus and and applying that focus on everything from the secular to the sacred. So now you're giving advice to a younger man about being comfortable in his faith, but also in developing that type of just kind of discipline, the ability to fix his gaze on Christ. What would that, what would that advice be? That's a great, uh, a great segue 
uh, I, I like the the add-on that you had. My uh, my advice is simple. Uh, it's four words. It comprises love God, love others. That's to me the advice that I would want anybody to begin to to grasp, regardless of their age. Love God, love others. I was uh, I was just reflecting the other day on on Jesus' uh, response in Matthew twenty two thirty seven, where where he was challenged by a question: What's the greatest commandment? And he responds with, you know, love, you know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commands depend the whole law and the prophets and so basically you know bottom line is, is is jesus was saying love god and love others and and so i i'm picking this up from jesus and what he said in response to this question of the greatest commandment i would encourage anyone as you think through this loving god means to treasure jesus above everything and I learned this, Jeff, over 30 years ago when Bev lost both of her parents over a six-year span. Mm-hmm. And she finds herself an orphan without a mom and a dad before she's 20, before she's 30. I mean, they, or, or really, yeah, before she's, you know, she's 30 years old. We have three kids. They're young kids. And all of a sudden, your connection to that, that mom and dad is gone. Yeah. Uh, and this was a catalyst for us to begin to think about our young family. And we were challenged at this time that we should really put together a will, you know, for our family. And our lawyer encouraged us to write a letter to the kids. It's kind of the preamble to the will. And to share our heart. And to share what was important to us. And you know, Jeff, as I was writing that letter, I was just bawling. I was so weeping because as I'm writing these words, I'm thinking through, I'm not there. The kids are opening this will and they're hearing my heart and I'm gone. And, you know, I'm still a young guy, right? I mean, uh, and, and yet I'm gone and they're reading this. And I'm just weeping because I'm sharing my heart. And as I did that, the framework in which I, 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 I laid out what I wanted to share for the kids was all around love God and love others. Hmm. And as I wrote that, and as I framed it all up, I began to tell Bev, you know what? If it's so important for us to say this when I'm not here, then it better shape what we do with our kids Well, we are here. And that started us down the path of saying, how do we instill in our kids loving God and loving others is the most important thing you'll ever do in this life. Mm-hmm. And that, and that kind of leads to the second part of your question. It was kind of like, how, how, how do you do that? Yeah. Uh, how do you, how do you spend time with God every day? How do you make time for the maker of time? 
how, how do you how do you make all this happen? How do you get into the Bible and let the Bible get into you? How do you hide God's word in your heart so you might not sin against him? I would say that find, a, you know, just like what I was saying earlier, find a time to make God, a, a, find a time to, to make time to enjoy reading God's word. Begin to hear God's heart through his word. Remember, he is the word of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. But also God is, his word is captured in the Bible. And so we can hear his heart through his word. And so we need to, to, to get the Bible into our life by reading it, by memorizing it, meditating on it, and Journaling is a great way to begin to codify some of the thoughts that you have as, as you read. Uh, another thing that Bev and I have done is we call them I spies. Uh, we actively look for God at work in our life. And we, and we call it out when we see it. I spy. I spy God at work. Uh, there he is. I mean, he's he has made that happen. Just like you did when we started this and said, it's not a coincidence that I read this devotional and it had all this this language that seemed to, uh, to to relate to what I was going to be sharing, that's an I spy. You, you have seen God at work. There aren't coincidences. God is orchestrating events to accomplish his will. And he is at work. And we have a chance to see him. And so we talk to our kids and, and we say, I spy. And it's so fun to be able to, 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 to actively look for God at work in your life. Uh, and, uh, and then, you know, it's, uh, it's another thing is to enjoy the journey. I think you've heard me say that it's like, uh, you know, enjoy the destinations, uh, that you get to, but enjoy the journey along the way and don't wish a day away. You've got 86,400 seconds. And in Psalms 31 and verses 14 and 15, it says, my trust is in you, O Lord, in you alone, moment by moment. My life is in your hands. Every one of those moments is in God's hands. And we have a chance to invest them to make a difference for him. And enjoy it. Don't be thinking, oh, I've got another day that I have to get through. And, oh, this is just terrible. Or I've got to do this. It's like, just enjoy the moments. However those moments unfold, knowing that God is in it. And, uh, and those are the those are maybe some of the practical things uh, that that come top of mind as as we're talking. Yeah, oh, I love all of that. I spy, I spy. I, that is brilliant. I just uh, what a great way to just personalize everything and make it fun. Like you say, it's fun going through your day and and seeing and and, and experiencing something and calling it out. I just uh, I love that. And um, and uh, at the risk of sounding corny, I think we have anybody listening here has spied. They have spied a, a tremendous amount of of grace and and just wonderful um, wonderful testimony to the power of of faith and of Jesus in in this conversation. So I just I thank you so much, Jim Ornell, and um, congratulations again on the latest uh, on the latest grandchild. And just thank you so much for being on. 
It's great to hear from you. Well, I certainly enjoyed spending time together, Jeff. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.